is the secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. In this podcast, we will talk to people who are connecting the power of both the creative and the business sides of their brain and how it led to greater success and satisfaction in all areas of their lives. I am so excited to have Sarah Lagrateria because you really do a lot of work in exactly what we're talking about here. I mean, we're gearing this towards obviously business owners and people who've had success with their business, but you're even taking it a step further with your business that's called Just Bloom. You've had that about a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I looked um, and saw, you know, what you've kind of done prior to that, which is, I think, its own interesting journey too. But here you are now. Um, But I'm going to start with where were you when you were a kid? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Yeah. Well, first, Catherine, thank you for having me. I love that you do this podcast and I love that you're talking about creativity. Um, And it's such a fun question to answer. I always wanted to be a writer, 100%, whether it was writing for National Geographic or writing novels. I always wanted to be a writer. I think there was a little time in there where maybe I wanted to be a painter, but even that was less about painting and more about the language of the colors and the language of painting. So it was always language for me and always storytelling always wanted to be a writer. Very, very cool. So let's talk about a little bit of that journey. We have little Sarah, the writer as a kid. So how did you get where you are now? How did you get to do this? Well, I went to graduate school um, to study narrative, to study literature. Uh, I was getting my PhD in the 19th century novel. And what we do now is a narrative theory of creativity. So our theory of creativity is the really the first new theory since World War II. So if you've ever done ideation or brainstorming or design thinking, that all falls under the rubric of divergent thinking, which is the most commonly accepted theory of creativity since World War II. And that's what businesses have been investing in, um, in terms of creativity for their business. And, um, but ours is a narrative theory. So it's based in story and it's about what we call story thinking. So it's the stories you tell yourself in your own head. They don't have to actually be spoken out loud, but they're the stories that you think. And so for me, this was the dream place to end up because it's all about the power of story, which is what so enamored me as a child. So I think, I think there are a lot of people like me who would be reading under the covers with their flashlight and always wonder as as an adult, like, where did that magic go? They used to grip me so strongly as a child. And I think what we're doing with a lot of our creativity work is bringing back that magic and giving it to people. You don't have to find it in a book. You can create magic with the story that you're thinking in your own life. So for me, it's the dream landing spot. I I love that. Um, Can you give me an example of how that might work? In terms of like our training? What what would be like a typical... Yes. Yeah. So you got to get a new clients and what, what's one of the first things that you do? So the first thing we do is ask them, what are the specific opportunities and challenges that are facing you in our business, in their business? Because we tailor our trainings to their challenges. So then what we would do is we would set up a very specific workshop for them. And we would start with an exercise that I call the shift to narrative. So it's a really simple exercise. It has nothing to do with their business. Mm -hmm. We'll we build towards their business. Um, but the shift to narrative is simply asking you, okay, Catherine, think of someone you care about. It, it shouldn't be, if you have children, it shouldn't be your child. It should be mm-hmm. someone else. People cannot 
be, be honest, present companies included cannot be honest about their children. Um, pick someone you care about and tell, <laughs> describe, describe them to me in three sentences and you'll use a to be verb. So it would be Catherine is creative. Catherine is curious. Maybe Catherine is artistic. And then that's a logical way of looking at somebody. That's an equivalency. So then mm-hmm, we ask mm-hmm. them, I want you to take one of those sentences and substantiate it with very, very specific details about that person. So it's forcing you to start to think narratively. What were the, it would be considered a tell in a novel or a movie. What was the tell about this person that told you or showed you they were creative um, or artistic, whatever it is that you chose? And it really forces people to get granular with details and to build up very specific stories about that person. And since it's not about them, they can feel kind of free to do it. And it gives, it has them start thinking in story and they start creating a character out of somebody that they knew. And that's how we get them to start activating their deep brain, which is where most of our creativity comes from. I, I super love that because, um, and why I think this fits so well um, with what I'm trying to do here is that I think um, for the most part, we go to school, we're out in society and people give so much credit to that logic side of our brain, the one that's supposed to know math and, you know, a lot of the the STEM things that people are pushing right now, which is why I think STEAM is way more more important than STEM, um, because we do have to include the arts and things. But um, yeah, and but just for people to understand, it's you, you shouldn't only exercise one arm, you know, you have to exercise both arms to be strong and to be whole and things like that. And really that creative side, in my opinion, is quite a gift, quite a talent. And in order to kind of trigger that, and I love that it's kind of what you're doing. It's like, okay, everybody, we're going to exercise your whole body right now and not just work on your one leg or your whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, they work together and it's, it's so important. Education has not been shaped to privilege. Exactly. exactly. Um, and, and you see it even with the study of literature because you need a Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, I was no, saying, no, you know, we go ahead. Book, you're on, you're on the you read a book and <laughs> instead of having it as a, a, like a launch pad to writing our own story or to thinking how we want to be as artists, then we're then asked to write a five paragraph essay, making an argument, a logical argument about this piece of art. So suddenly even the study of art becomes reduced to logic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, research, not, this isn't our research. This is research before us shows that the longer we are in school, the less creative we get. So the longer we are in the education system, <gasps> our creativity falls. And for us, for me particularly, that was a shocking Yeah, and it's yeah, I around- thought about that, but that is so freaking spot on. I'm thinking about, like, in my career, you know, granted, I, you know, pursued the higher education and got a specific degree in that. But okay. along the way, you have to learn, you know, all this other stuff that may or may not helpful in the future. I love the idea of a higher education. Don't get me wrong. Cause I, I think, you know, if I got this far in math in high school, I need to take it one more step, you know, that's totally fine. But, um, the fact that, yeah, that the create creative part is not really emphasized. There's no, there, there's no, um, requirements necessarily to tap into your writing skills that you might have that might help you in your career otherwise. So, and, yeah, and that's the, really fascinating aren't there yet in school because I think what's sometimes getting missed is that creativity is what helps us build resilience. And we know that resilience is an mm-hmm, indicator. Mm-hmm. People who are resilient succeed. And we are not training that. And the way we train resilience, you know, you don't want to just 
you know, hope that someone has a bad thing happen to them and they rebound from it. You know, that's not how you want someone to become resilient. We can train for resilience. And the way we train for resilience is by teaching people to be creative. Because if we define creativity as the ability to solve complex problems, open-ended problems, the better you are able at doing that, the more resilient you are. And so that needs to be the goal in education, to look at it that way. I am so girl fanning on you right now. It's it's ridiculous <laughs> because this is so freaking cool. Now you had mentioned because I want um, just so people can kind of understand this a little more. You had mentioned too that um, you could work with people who've been in the army and stuff like that. Yes. So how does what you do work for people that have served? Well, my business partner and it, it's his. Um, he tests it all with the U.S. Army. So this is really how we started, was working with the U.S. Army and Special Forces specifically and running our creativity training as studies with them. Um, And he's actually written a field guide to creativity for the U.S. Army College. Um, And so that's where a lot of this work began, was working with soldiers and helping them, again, be more agile in terms of solving these open-ended complex problems. And we do the exact same exercises that we do with the Army we do them with elementary school children, tweaked slightly, and then we do it with the business um, business individuals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, groups, organizations. So it's the exact same method of thinking and story. So whether we're building out characters or plotting out futures, um, world building, all the things that you studied when you studied literature, but suddenly pushed into the real world and focused on actual problems, specific real world problems that these groups are dealing with. I, I think that is so cool. I, I really, um, because of the audience that I, I'm hoping to capture here, or perhaps already here, I want to know, um, how does this work for business then? You know, you have, you know, uh, a company come in, who would be like your ideal customer in a business I, setting? I wish, I wish I could answer that. I don't have an ideal customer because we work with small local businesses. We work with Fortune 50 companies. We run the gamut mm-hmm. because the brand is the same. So it really, as long as they can tell us what their challenges are or what their opportunities are, we can apply the same methods to help them deal with it, whether they're a small business or a larger one. Um, and so in, it, it just, it just helps. It's a change in the way they're approaching their, their life, essentially. I mean, it truly has a ripple effect throughout, which is that suddenly mm-hmm, you start to mm-hmm. see You start to feel a boost when you story think. Not only are you feeling more emotional and psychological resilience, but you have greater levels of self-efficacy. So what happens is the people we're dealing with when they're in business, they suddenly start to realize that they can solve their own problems. So it becomes, you see a lot of, um, of business owners, but also team members starting to take ownership of what it is they're doing. Um, they become better listeners. So they start to be able to spot what we call spotting exceptional information, but they're spotting each other's exceptional strengths. So they suddenly start to understand that their team members have maybe more to offer than they first knew. So maybe we can deploy them in a different way. Maybe we can shift up the teams so that these problems are getting solved because person A, who maybe I always thought was good at this, is actually really good at this because I've learned now to listen to them and understand what their reason for being here is. So a lot of it's empathy-driven listening exercises, um, and a lot of it is actually what we call plotting, P-L-O-T-T-I-N-G, plotting forward what our future as an organization can Mm -hmm. look like or our future as a team. You know, if we make one small change, how does that change play out over the next six months? How does it play out over a year? And so it's it's not scenario building. So it's not, you know, we are actually 
We're not saying that that plot is the plot that we're going to use, but we're training these business owners and these managers or whatever, wherever they come from in the organization, we're training them to be planners so that when something does go wrong or there's volatility um, in the environment, they can trust themselves to make a plan. It's not that they've already built a plan and they filed it and they can pull it out. It's that they can continue Mm -hmm. to make fresh because they're good at it now and they trust their ability to do so. So that's the real, that's the real nugget that they take away from the training is that they are capable of making a new plan to deal with whatever comes their way. And if that plan doesn't work, they're capable of making another plan. This is freaking amazing. And, um, Wow. So needed too. So before I forget, I have one other question for you, but before I forget, how can people find you? Yeah. Uh, www.justbloomschool.com or on LinkedIn under Sarah Lagrateria and they can DM us, send us an email. Um, that's the easiest way. And then we'll start the conversation, you know, right away. And no business, like I said, no business is too small. No business is too big. We, we, so the brain science stays the same and we're doing a lot of work with elementary education now as well. Um, so they can watch if they're interested in that, if they have children or if they are an educator, there will be more material coming out um, mm-hmm. more studies coming out, and what we've done with kids as well. Because we really focus on that intervention point, which is about age nine, when creativity starts to plummet. And so does self-confidence. And um, we think there's a way to train out of that. and yes. Keep that going. I love it. So would I just be able to connect you with my daughter's school? Yes, you absolutely All of that. We did a creativity <laughs> Yeah, we did a camp with Worthington Schools as a study this past summer, and we're going to start piloting the program here, and Worth- we're in Worthington um, with Worthington Schools, and with the hope that it can then be taken to other school districts and, and sort of built right into the curriculum. I love it. Okay, yeah, I'm it. I will keep an eye on you for that one. All right. So my question um, to you, my my last question is: All right, you're going about your day, you're changing people's lives, which you know is super awesome. But what do, is there anything that you do in just even five, ten minutes, thirty minutes, two hours in your life that is still going back to maybe that writing skill or some other creative outlet that is a little bit of an escape, a little bit of vacation, a little bit of a respite, you know? Is there something that you do? I, yeah, I don't know if it's a respite, but it, it does. I just, I think it's, it's consistent with what we do at work. I am someone who is constantly just naturally thought in story. Um, I take the time to notice the small things around me that I think sometimes other people ignore. Um, I definitely, I observe, I listen. And in my head, I'm always telling things as a story. It's just, you know, I grew up reading, I grew up writing um, my notes, application in my phone is just filled with little paragraphs, little, little mini chapters that could Mm -hmm. be a book that could go further. Um, and I constantly let that part of me be a part of the everyday, um, because it gives me joy and it just, it's like a release valve. You know, when you can think in story, you feel so full Mm -hmm. of optimism potential. And I think for me, you know, when you're doing that, whatever it is, the school run, the after school activities and you're bogged down and dinner has to be made and there's laundry that's the escape I have in my mind. And I don't really think of it as an escape. I just think of it as, as, as what I do. And it creates just a real sense of optimism and possibility for me. And that's really what we're going mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. In our- yeah. Very, I, like I said, it is very synced. It's more, not very more people need to get to that place. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, you're, you're saying that, it, you know, that's very natural for you, but I, I think there's a lot of people that really have kind of, and I like the analogy that I like to use is, you know, like kind of when you're trying to train a dog, if you will, the leash is short, you want them close by, but man, when you take that leash off and open the gate, how free they yes. feel. Um, yes. I think it's a yeah. lot like that. And honestly, they're not going to, they know that gate opens now, you know, so <laughs> They're going to run in the open field anytime that they have a chance, but you have to kind of know that that's okay, that it's okay to really so, live like that, you know, and so have that just be a part that, of that. That's your metaphor, because I actually use that in my workshops, that when we have that feeling at the end of the day that we're restless, <laughs> we've had a perfectly fine day, but we just feel a little restless or a little um, just unsatisfied at the end of the day. It's kind of when we think, well, maybe I want a glass of wine or I'm going to binge watch my favorite show, but then those things don't make us feel better. And a lot of times what that is, is it's your deep brain needs to be let out for a run, just like the dog. And so that's when you need to think in story. And so I always tell yes. people, if you feel that way, do that little shift to narrative exercise I shared or pick up a biography and read about someone who's different than you for 10 minutes. Then go binge watch your show and see if you feel That's better. A great idea. Because it's like it's your your deep brain is complaining. It's saying, let me out, let me out, just like that dog. And so let it out. Let it think in story. Let that creativity get triggered. And then go about your day. And you should, you know, I would hope you would start to feel better if that's indeed what was happening. So very, very cool. Everybody needs to know that deep brain. Let that deep brain run. <laughs> This was so, so great. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and, and talking about this. I, I think it's going to be so helpful to people. And if they want to know more, they know how to find you now. And um, if if nothing else, you know, have a conversation with you or, and your team. If you, you feel like, you know, your team might need just some help with, you know, figuring out problems and you want them to be, and, and this is such a gift for them too, I think, you know, to allow them to figure out their own problems. So they're, you're not always having to say, now what, you know, with every email and every, uh, every meeting, you know, you have to be the one that has, that can solve the problems. What if they came to you with a solution? I mean, what, yes. it's a gift that, to yourself that, as a business owner or anything yeah, else. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's a gift to them too, because they feel then that they have ownership and they're proud of what yes. they're doing. It's not dependency. Oh my God. It's independence and optimism yes. and, and interdependence, but in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I kind of love this more. Thank you so much. So great Thank meeting you. you. I'm hoping I'm, I see you out like at some event or something so we can talk more. Yeah. And if not, maybe we just have to force an event and, you know, get some coffee together or something. Cause that, I would love you're, to you're, anytime. I mean, your stuff is going to get even better and better. And, and I'm going to want like a part two to this maybe. So <laughs> Anytime. I would love to talk. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Take care. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining the conversation today. If you are more of a visual person, all of these podcasts are available on YouTube on the Secret Art of Business podcast. If you or someone you know is successful in running a business and utilizing their creativity to superpower it, I would love to hear more. Maybe there's someone you know that's successful and you want to hear their story. Drop me a note in the comments. And if it's a fit, we'll try and connect. <laughs>